What's happening, guys? It's Adam here. Just a quick word from our sponsors before we kick off today's episode. That is Beer52.com. Beer52 is the UK's most popular craft beer discovery club. They're number one, baby. And they'll send you some amazing beers every month, and you can rate and review them via their website to earn points and rewards. Now, every month's beers that you get sent will have a brand new theme. Past themes have been the beers of Germany, California, Belgium, Korea, New Zealand, South Africa, and many, many more. And they've kindly given our listeners an exclusive offer. You'll get a free case of eight beers, an award-winning beer magazine, and a tasty snack. The second you sign up, they'll send them out in the post here. And you can't catch Corona from the post. All you have to do is pay a few quid for the delivery, and you can cancel or pause your membership at any time. Sign up now at beer52.com slash word. That's our exclusive link. That's B-E-E-R 52.com slash W-O-R-D. You'll claim your free case of beer, and for every person that signs up via that link only, they slide us a little bit of money. That supports the podcast. It helps us out. It's win-win. So do us a favour, pause the pod here, go and do that now, and then enjoy the episode. Nice one. See you in a bit. Fucking did it in one take, bro. Yeah, man. Good morning, job seekers. Oh my god, okay, it's happening. Catch me outside, how about that? Have you never seen me before? Upset me, nasty bitch. I'm big boned. I'm heavy structure. I'm hung low. If I pull my shit out, this whole room get dark. Disgusting! It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel like podcasting. Two mics, two lids, and a lot of time on their hands. This is Havawad. Shut down dailies. Let's get through this mess together. Hello, lad. Hello, dear lad. Oh, shit. I've still got you on the world clock. Where's your lovely fucking face, lad? Oh, I found my favourite hat again. Don't know whether you've noticed this, but I've started wearing a slightly different hat with a Canada flag on. Bought this in Dubai. I love it. Lost it. Guess where it was? It was under the couch. Right. How's it fucking... It's a weird place for a hat to get to, isn't it? Yeah, we're messy people, Dan, to be honest with you. It's It's not a... Good feeling when you find shit, though, isn't it? I love that feeling. I love... It's part of the reason I love cleaning my wife's car, just to steal from her. I'm like, this Money. is my, my fucking check. No, I don't just like state take the wheel. Fucking hell. You've left a perfectly good fucking handbrake there. I'm having that. <laughs> I just get fucking rummaging. Oh, like a little fucking... Do you know if Jade wanted to? If Jade was a bad person, she could steal so much of my money. First of all, on her phone, on her Apple Pay, is my bank card. So when she goes shopping, she can just use my money for that. And I leave so many, like, fivers and tenors just in jackets and stuff when I get back from a gig, and I'll just throw... Do you want to find last week? This is the God's Honest Truth. Last, the end of last year, I think it was October. Might have been November, but I think it was October. I did a weekend at the Laughter Lounge in Dublin. Have you ever been there? Oh, I'd love to. I'd fucking love to. Never done it. Have you never done it? No. Oh, it's so good, but they pay you in cash, in euros for three nights. So you get 250 euros each night. They also pay for your flight and you get to stay in their little flat that they own, which is lovely. In the middle of Dublin, Dublin, right next to the river, just across from, what's the bar? What's it called? What's the strip of pubs called? Temple Bar. Oh, Jesus. Here's 250 um, euro. What the fuck are you going to do with that? 
I wonder. They don't give you it each night. They give you it all on the Saturday. Oh, so geez. you get 750 euros cash on the Saturday night, right? <laughs> I found 750 euros yesterday because I came home. Fuck off. Threw it in a drawer in the living room. There's just been 750 quid just sitting in me drawers. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, that is a <laughs> lockdown. Oh, I just jizz on the fucking side of drawers. Oh, oh can you imagine? If, I forgot about. Imagine if she'd fucking nick that, Jade. What? Where, where have you got all these euros from? Can we pay at the chippy in euros? <laughs> that I mean, that beats anyone. I found this that I've forgotten about fucking story. Unless you like yeah. lost and misplaced a child for like three months. Like, yeah, fuck, we've lost that one. And then they come back like, you're right, daddy. You're like, oh shit, yeah, wicked. I think it was Sting, wasn't it? Someone robbed three million quid off Sting. And he didn't know. <laughs> I. It was like a year later when he did his his taxes or whatever, and like his accountant went, "Was that three million quid for that you took out on the 9th of January last year?" And he was like, I "Didn't take three million quid out. Someone took three million quid out of his bank, and he never knew until someone pointed it out." I know rich people live on a different fucking frequency. But how rich do you have to be that your bank account's like, oh yeah, Sting took out three million on Thursday? No biggie. <laughs> he needs a bit of walking around money. Mate, my bank, if I try and use it like one country over, it's like, dickhead, are you there? Are you there, mate? Just answer yes. Not West shit it. If I try and spend 500 quid on, on PayPal, they're like, mate, is this you? Just check in, this is you. For fuck's sake, someone's actually trying to spend some cash. Sting's like, yeah, three million just went, what are you going to do? And it? it's just a fucking busy week. <laughs> I've been. Um, I, I, uh, my bank got cancelled for a week. When um, I, I've I, I've got a brace at the minute, like an Invisalign brace, to try and fix my teeth because I've always hated them, um, and it was a couple of grand to get it done. You've changed, um, you kid. You've changed seven hundred and fifty euros in a drawer, new teeth, <laughs> fucking Hamilton twice a week. Things are going all right at Casa del Fucking Row, mate. <laughs> he's fucking oh, found a new app but he's bought 27 more he's fucking balling <laughs> I, um, I did that advert for Nationwide didn't I um, yeah oh I saw you on that back. the other night you're the only person that's made I don't know if it's because I actually like you but everyone else I'm like eh, and you're like eh. like your stand up <laughs> on that Nationwide advert is one tenth as good as it is live everyone else is is just flat out not funny I've just not I've not seen oh no no Eshan's on it Eshan made me laugh is he? no Eshan's not on it oh. that's Sunil Patel yeah <laughs> the other Asian guy <laughs> oh what do you do oh this is the video uh, <laughs> oh I've just pissed off so how do you manage there's one new section it's called name that Asian <laughs> I mean, that fucked off so many comics in the industry all in one. Like, hey, if you were involved in that advert, I thought you were a shit. And that Asian guy, he was all right. Oh, that's not the guy I know. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, um, um, Dubai, when tell me... When got, oh, go on. Sorry, when I got the money for that advert, I said to Jade, I want to spend a bit of it on getting me teeth sorted. And I paid for it on my card. And then I, I went to the Asda and that. And for a few days, my card just wasn't working. 
And I rang the bank and I was like, what's going on? There's money in the bank. Like, what's going on? They went, um, the thing is, Mr. Rowe, you've paid, tried to pay for a, a couple of thousand pounds in one go to a dentist. It's the biggest transaction you've ever made for anything. And also, you've never paid a dentist anything. So we found <laughs> There's an algorithm here at, at Lloyd's TSB <gasps> and uh, you've never even bought Colgate. So this is, <laughs> it's suspicious activity. You bought a car for 450 quid. Why the fuck would you buy teeth for two grand? <laughs> yeah, that's all, that's always depressing, isn't it? What was do what was Dubai like? When did you when were you in the fucking old Dobby Dubai? Uh, I've been to Dubai twice. I went in twenty eighteen or nineteen maybe. Um in May. And then I went last year in November. I don't I'm not a fan of it, me. I don't uh, I'd never go there on holiday. I'd never go Dubai on holiday ever. Oh, I'd never hell. pay to go. No. It's just weird. It's like they've gone like to New York and gone, let's put this in the desert over yeah. there <laughs> and then made it worse. It's just, it, it's really, really, really odd. It's cheap as fucking a taxi though. Give them that. The taxis are cheap. Oh, it's so weird though when you go from outside to inside. Like, I think we went and it gets and it gets colder. We went in like February or March. <laughs> like it was a shitty like as we left the UK, I went to do like three gigs. Two even two gigs. We were out there for about five days and we'll treat you right, you know, we'll sort you out. It's a lovely four-star hotel. Like a four-star hotel in Dubai is like a seven-star hotel in the UK. Cause because it's a shithole, really, isn't it? It's a, basically a polished fucking sunbathing turd so all the hotels even like the travel lodge is fucking amazing super king size there's a guy wanking you off at the end of the massive bath if you want like it has to be nice because no one's in Dubai because they're like oh we love Dubai we've been coming here since childhood it's all about oil deals and fucking everyone from around the world getting stopovers it's just a bit grim and uh, I told you this when we first arrived the first time I went the first thing Gail, who I love, Gail who runs the gig, she's fucking mental, but I love her. The first thing she said to us, unprovoked, the conversation was not in this area at all. She went, just so you know, this is actually the safest place in the world for terrorism because all their money's here. <laughs> <laughs> because you're actually... <laughs> We're not going to get bombed here, babe, because why would they do that to their own hotel? <laughs> yeah, they own a part of this. They're not going to fucking bomb it. It's nothing to do with politics. It's just good business. Yeah, we got there and it was just so hot, so fucking surprising. And everyone's like, oh, it's hot in the desert. And you're like, yeah, I bet it is. And then you get there and you're like, what the fuck is this? You go from like a cool freezing inside to outside that's sweltering. And it takes your little stupid like northern British head like, eh? I've just, eh? I've gone from cold inside to fucking warm out. It was just mental. And the building next to it was like the Emirates... Is it Emirates Dubai? Yeah, it is, isn't it? The Emirates yeah. HQ. And they'd built it in the shape of an aeroplane. <laughs> which which <laughs> is so spazzy. You sort of, It goes full circle of like completely classless, cheesy as fuck to like, actually, that's pretty fucking cool, isn't it? That, <laughs> yeah, that's the, the CEO just sits there. He's in the pilot seat of the fucking building. Oh. The, I, um, the guy that ran it as well was such a douchebag. He got in a taxi in Dubai and the music was playing. He went, all right, mate, turn off the fucking call to prayer. <laughs> like, woo, woo, that is weird. You don't get to see racism that up close that often, but 
Woo! Yeah. Made my fucking eyes water. Carrie Marks. I, I mean, I got in trouble when I did the radio out there, but Carrie Marks got in a lot of trouble because when he went on the radio, he said, uh, I love that you play the number one song in your charts like eight eight times a day. Ooh. And the guy on the radio was like, what do you mean, sir? He's oh, like, that no. song that you play eight times a day, isn't that? Aren't you playing the this week's number one? Is that not what that is? On the long yeah, you nailed it. That's the. <laughs> that's, I, I can, got in trouble. I think that's I the call trouble. to dinner, Adam. That you just did. That's not the call to prayer. I think that's the Come call to stop. Oh, stop those already. Fucking hell, they eat a lot on a Friday. This lot, don't they? They eat shitloads on a Friday. First thing they're having fucking starters. Um. I got in trouble because I got told, right, look, we haven't been allowed on this radio since Kerry Marks was here and he did this thing. (laughs) Challenge accepted. They went, basically, it's children's TV rules. No swearing, no profanity at all. Just plug the gigs. That's all we want you to do. And don't don't criticise the Prophet Muhammad. It's just like CBBs. It's the same rules. (laughs) If you go and do Mr. Tumble, they always say that. No swearing, nothing political. Don't criticise the Prophet Muhammad. And go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, within like 10 seconds, I'd broken... Uh, the rules but I didn't realise because it was just colloquialism to me so we start and the guy goes Adam welcome to Dubai Radio or whatever and I went oh thanks for having us mate and he went how you finding Dubai and I went Jesus Christ it's hot isn't it <laughs> you can't say Jesus Christ on the radio oh, Literally the first thing I said. Jesus <laughs> Christ, it's not, isn't it? I watched them all, including Gail Panic. Like, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I was behaving. It is I'd have not always the worst, isn't it? Me, mate, it's baking out there. It is fucking hot, lad. It <laughs> is swelled. Me tits are sweating. That's what I'd have done. I, I thought I was toning it down. Jesus Christ, it's, it's, it's hot, fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and you're like, Jesus, like, oh my God, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not the prophet Jesus. Oh shit! Oh, that's so bad. It's so as soon as the pressure's up. This is why I love podcasting because there's just no one going. And the rules of podcasting are like kiss my flaps. Like occasionally you get an email going. What have you got against pigeons? What? (laughs) And I've had I've had two messages from friends going. I absolutely love the podcast, and my missus loves it, and she doesn't even mind the wanking stuff. And I'm like, do we, we don't talk about wanking that much, do we? Yes, we do. No, we don't. But um, as soon as you know you can't do something, you just, you're like, it, it's so bad. It's just the red button syndrome, isn't it? Of like, yeah. don't press that. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> what's it do, though? Just don't press it. Comedy it nights where they're like, right, there's a paraplegic in the front row, so don't say paraplegic or anything, a disabledist, or just don't, don't walk on and say, right, spazzes. And then... <laughs> You're literally just like waiting to go like, God, I wish you'd not fucking told me that. Oh, oh God. Yeah, Dad, I did Do you get not- that? If you're like comparing a gig and there's a guy like proper Stephen Hawking up on the front row, do you like, do you avoid them completely? I've tried, I've tried all of the different, I've tried all of the different fucking tactics. And I think in <laughs> honesty, it's, it, you could easily be like, you always talk to them. 
always talk to them but if the crowd are touchy as fuck then you're really going to die on that island going no listen just because he's disabled doesn't mean he's not a dick i fucking said it before i'll say it again he's a wanker you're going to lose the room and then and then promoters and club owners even the ones that are the biggest fans they love comedy but what they love before that is everyone in the room loving the comedy and then they state <laughs> yeah. a preference. Promoters, promoters, no, put a gig on. None of them stand at the back going, everyone hates this. I'm definitely losing money, but I fucking love this night. Like, <laughs> they want everyone laughing, no one complaining. And then they go, and these are my favourites. So it's very difficult to be like, listen, I just cheat everyone equally. It's equality. He's a spaz. I don't give a fuck if he's... A, listen, if just because you've got no limbs doesn't mean you're not a wanker. I mean, technic... Never mind. <laughs> but uh, I've also... I think it's almost weirdly bigoted to just ignore them completely because then you're like oh yeah, that's of course special. It is. yeah there is a you've just got to judge the posi- the situation and the room but i've got it i've got it so wrong before there was a Do guy called shabazz you used to come to excess malarkey a guy called shabazz and he was this um he was probably i was about 24 25 at the time and he was in a really motorized he was proper like disabled like couldn't even push himself disabled like and he fucking loved comics sharp as a tag that was the that wasn't him that was the pray for mojo he had the stephen hawking thing where he's all there but it just doesn't look good and uh he, he <laughs> True though, isn't it? <laughs> Everything's fine on the inside, but the the cake's been dropped. Uh, Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Roberts, could you come and sit down? I want to talk to you about your dad. So, as you know, uh, he's been deteriorating, and you, he, he now can't talk and stuff. I just want to let you know, um, he is all there. He just doesn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? It's that thing Stephen Hawkins has got. That's what I've got on my official medical checklist. He's got that thing Stephen Hawkins has got and he's all there but it doesn't look good <laughs> and he, he he loved comedy and he he used to it was, he was must have been there like two or three times I, I used to be the replacement compare sometimes and when he laughed it sounded like a mating coil of a seal like a and it was it was so full on because he didn't give a shit he was like I can give a fuck I love comedy and so he'd laugh like that and you'd be like wow someone really loves it and then it would get to the point where the audience were like what's happening then they'd look and see a heavily disabled guy behind them and then they'd do that fucking thing that people do when they're like oh I don't think I can laugh at this anymore because I'm being disabled you're like he's having a fucking great time and then he'd heckle and you'd have to try and work out what and he and he was sharp man and he was really funny and in the end I went oh stop being a twat like because he was he was and, and everyone went oh, like you can't say that and I was like yeah but he knows you don't think he knows what he's doing he's fucking the other day though <laughs> I said on this podcast disabled people can be wankers and you you went all reserved and pulled back and you had a fucking story like this and you didn't whip it out are you taking the fucking piss I forgot Sh- Shabazz the spouse I forgot <laughs> I forgot the story 
it's just come back to me in this moment. You know who got the most pissed off? And I ended up doing this thing about, like, mate, he was giving me shit, so I started giving it, like you would win it, and I think I was being quite fair. At one point, I essentially said, mate, you could never do a drive-by in that fucking wheelchair because they'd hear you coming a mile away, never get involved in gang activity because you'd be rolling up on some homies and then be like... Ah! And that was too much for everyone. That was, and I got enough complaint from the person that was with him. He fucking loved it. He rolled his way over to, you know, give me the nod yeah. of approval. But his like friend care were like that was awful. Themselves. People get offended on other people's behalf. That's the problem. I oh, remember, mate, about don't they love a tweet? Seven, seven or eight years ago, Hot, Hot Water was. It might have been nine years ago actually. Hot Water was still in the nightclub Envy, and they booked Paul Smith for the first time to headline. Right, so it's like a big deal at the time. Paul's headline is first gig's not competing anymore. He's on stage and he used to do this joke, right? Where he it was about going to a personal trainer, and for the last 10 minutes of it, he would run on the spot while he told the joke, right? It's a really physical bit, and it was a killer bit. It was it would murder. You couldn't follow it. It was so fucking good. And what, what, like a funny bit anyway, but he just decided instinctively, funnier if I actually act out me struggling to run. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Love so it. basically, love it. He, um, he, he just acted out being a fat guy at the first personal training session, right? So the, the sweatier and out of breath he got, the, the more it added to it, just a physical layer to the joke. But early in his set, there was a guy on the second row who's like, um, just like looking off to the side and like just like looks like he's falling asleep and Paul was like look at this cunt he is not even fucking looking at me how much have you had to drink lad right and up until that point he was doing quite well and the fellow went I'm sorry mate are you talking to me I'm blind <laughs> right <laughs> now the audience goes fucking stone dead and this is 10 years ago nearly Paul didn't really have the skills at that point that he's got now to turn that shit around so he just went Oh, I'm sorry, mate. I just thought you were looking over there. Anyway, my missus, I just tried to carry on with his set, and the audience are now having fucking none of it. Then he goes into this like uh, personal trainer routine where he's running, which I, every time I'd seen it up to this point, there's so much energy in the room. People are dying laughing, can't breathe. <laughs> that level of laugh where the asthmatic laughs. There's fucking nothing. Oh, it's so not bad when your best bit doesn't work. You're like, oh shit, this is the big gun. Also, when you're sprinting on stage <laughs> at the same time, he's just running, and all you can hear is his footsteps. Boom, 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 boom. That's it. And he gets about two or three minutes into it, and he's getting close to giving up. And the guy, the blind guy, with like three minutes left of the gig, saved everything. He went. I'm not being funny, mate, but it sounds like this could do with an audio description. Uh, <laughs> it really fucking erupted. And then Paul carried on and started getting laughs again. Because as soon as that guy was like, I'm in on the joke, it sound. It was but watching Paul die doing that joke is one of my favorite memories in comedy. I love that, that, that few seconds where the crowd decide that they're going to en masse be lemmings and turn to the person who they think might be offended blind guy person from an ethnic minority and you're like you little fucking wusses and they're like oh they're laughing it's fine it's part of it that's absolutely fine like when I asked a guy in uh, Yorkshire fuck where was the gig just outside Leeds 
a gig for Toby Jones and I was just looking for a fucking cheerleader to start the applause. I've been chatting to this guy and I thought he had his arm round his missus. I went, I tell you what, Malcolm, you seem like a solid kind of character. I thought I'd like you to be the cheerleader and start the night. And he went, um, no, I don't think so. I went, what? Why are you being a dick about it? That's, a bit, that's not... <laughs> you've been sound up until now. Why are you, why are you being a dick about it? And he just lifted his fucking stump. <laughs> and... And it was one of them, oh, it was just so brutal. It was so brutal. The crowd was so sound about it. They just enjoyed and then he, and then I was like, Oh, what you gotta make it about you gotta make the joke about you and be like, I'm such a dick. And they were like, You are a fucking dick. And I went, Do you wanna be anyway? What do you wanna bang it on? And he was like, Yeah, don't worry about it, I'll just go for the thigh. So he was the cheerleader and I made him do it off the thigh. It was fucking brilliant. <laughs> when it goes wrong, that shit's horrible. But when a crowd gets it, it's so funny. That's why, that's well, why we love live stand-up, isn't it? Yeah. If you are heavily disabled, you probably need a car to get yourself around. And if you've got a car and you want it servicing, you should take it to Trans Alloy Wheels, away from our sponsors. I'd like to tell you about Trans Alloy Wheels Limited. Alloy wheel refurbishments, car body work and customisation services in Leeds and throughout West Yorkshire. We are a well-trusted family-run business doing work for major companies such as Arnold Clark and Direct Line. We are passionate about our work. We thrive on perfection. This is a quote from a happy customer. Trans Alloy Wheels, and I'm deadly serious when I say it, it's the best finish I've ever seen on a set of wheels. Their attention to detail is commendable. We add value to your car at low cost with specialist trained technicians and the latest tech and experience using the same factory manufacturing techniques as the biggest car companies we can repair the wheels as new finish if you can't afford a new car because of the owner come and have your wheels color changed or refurbed all have a word listeners will receive 25% off everything we do and what we offer is powder coating diamond cutting painting new tires acid stripping and shot blasting tire fitting and removal well crack repairs and buckles car body repairs pickup delivery service and insurance work we've got a 4.7 on the old Google review, we've got five-star Facebook reviews. Find us on Facebook, Insta, or online. That is Trans Alloy Wheels Limited. Ah, uh, thank you. Okay, boys, let's do another feature already. Got some questions for you, Adam. Some questions. All right, Lids, a really quick bit of business for you. I can't be the only one wondering, does your African voiceover lady listen to the pod? And if so, what the fuck does she make of it? Cheers. That's from Mike Follows. I haven't got a fucking clue. I know. I don't think she does listen to it. I've not checked the downloads in Zimbabwe. But if we've got one, there is a chance that it's the woman who has repeatedly been asked to record. Okay, Lids. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, she definitely knows what it's called. <laughs> yeah, she won't. She won't swear. She told me in an email she won't. She doesn't curse. So, oh, right, okay. That's why I've not had her go. Hello, motherfuckers. What you know? I've done. I. If anyone's got any suggestions for what they'd like the African lady, I'm all in. I'm all ears because I feel like doing like a Sophie Anderson quote's not going to happen. Like. I'm and I fucking can't take any fucking more. Yeah, she's not gonna. The African voiceover lady's not gonna do that. And, no, she, I don't know if she's gonna do. But we'll we'll ask her. If you've got any suggestions, if you've got any suggestions for our African voiceover lady, I can put them to her. Um, from Harry Robinson. Hi, Adam and Dave. Stand-up's always been a passion of mine, and I did a small gig at a student comedy night not long ago. The gig went well. 
in spite of me getting shit-faced out of nerves beforehand. Oh, Jesus. Oh, the Jesus. It's always a mistake, isn't it? Always a mistake. Yeah. Easy mistake to make. Well, I've... Um, did you, I've when you were starting out? No, I, di I, di I didn't need it for confidence. I did get sent home from hot water at one night, though, for being too drunk. Um, were you on the bill? Yeah. So I was... This was maybe 2013, maybe 14, and... Liverpool played Everton and a midday kickoff. So I'd been drinking since like half 11 in the morning. Um, and at eight o'clock, I turned up at hot water fairly drunk. And Binty went to me, Adam, look at the fucking Stacey. You can't do the gig. And I went, I'll be fine. And he went, okay, make you the deal. If you can do one of your routines to me now, right in front of me, then I'll let you do the gig. And I went, and this is a direct quote, oh, you know the one about the girls on the bus? <laughs> and he went, yeah, go on. Uh, it's, you know, as well, it sounds like he's being a dick, but actually, he's doing you a fucking favour. <laughs> Quite fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's very different if you're... When you're starting out, the inclination is like, oh, I'm nervous. I know how I'll fight these nerves. You can't, you're cheating yourself because you're actually fucking with your memory and your ability to recall. And when you get, if anyone's thinking about trying stand up, this is what I say at Beat the Frog and I have done for years. And it's something that I remember from when I did a little bit of acting when I was a teenager at like fucking youth drama groups. They were like, don't get nervous and think you're going to have a bevy because you think it's going to take the edge off and stop you being scared. And all it does is take away a bit of fear, but it also fucks your ability to remember what you're trying to say. And, it, and that is the worst hole you can get in on stage. And that can happen anyway when the lights are on or if someone... I've, I remember starting out getting distracted by someone laughing at a bit. I was like, oh, you know, like, oh, in your head, you're like, fucking, oh, that is funny. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you're distracted. So imagine having four or five beers in you. It's a really bad way to go. When you're a bit more experienced, though, and it becomes a bit more like second nature. Yeah, I don't think being drunk on stage is a good thing, but having a beer when you're comparing, when you're there at the start of the night and by the end, you're almost in sync with a crowd. That's not so bad. Yeah. I, I wouldn't rely on it. I I have had a few days where, so when you do the Hot Water Comedy Club Saturdays, um, for those who don't know, you tend to start at 5 p.m. and you do two shows at 5, two shows at 7 and two shows at 9.30 they're the start times. Your set times are sl obviously slightly different for each one. Um, I'll, I'll often have a, a pint on those days and I'll start at the first gig. I'll have like a pint at the five o'clock show, maybe one in between the first two shows, another one at the seven show and another one at the 9.30. Cause I'm just like to get through a long day of sets like that. It's better if I'm in a bit of a jovial bevy mood. Hey, four or five I mean? sets in a night by the end feels like you've done shift work. It feels yeah. like a fucking split shift at like a busy restaurant. I remember doing those shitty jobs when I was like 19 going, fuck, this is hard. Even though stand-up is intrinsically fun, by the end of the fifth set, you're like, what? It is It is good. If you can take, if you can make it a little bit fun, keep a little bit of the fun in the night for yourself. Yeah. If everyone in the green room is having a beer, it means that when you come off stage, you're having fun and yeah. you're just breaking that up by just going to do your job for 20 minutes at a time. That's where I feel for Paul Smith who obviously he's doing brilliantly and he doesn't need my sympathy, but I've actually said it to him in the dressing room, like, he's there every Friday and Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and there's some big names, big characters circuit-wise. He gets a lot of 
big fucking personalities in that small dressing room and it's basically his manner in it. He's always there and there's a lot of repetition for him and then he has to hear every comic go, fucking hell, there's loads of shows, isn't there? God, it's a long night, isn't it? And, <laughs> and then also, I was like, who's, when's it been Eggy? And he told me a couple of names that they weren't just, they just weren't getting on. And on a normal night, they wouldn't have to deal with each other much. But because it's hot water and it starts at five and it finishes at one in the morning, they have to deal with each other loads. So you know what you're talking about, people having a beer and it being more fun as everyone relaxes into it. If there's two cunts that don't like each other on the night, they're bugging each other at five, six, <laughs> seven, eight PM, nine PM. And he was like, Yeah, man, by the end it was fucking tense. Yeah. So Tell me off tell me off air who they were, please. Yeah. <laughs> Just two. Me and Freddie. Two. No, no. It's always the old dudes that really wind each other oh, up. Oh, I'm just joking. It's just, yeah. It's just always the old dudes. Don't get fucking drunk when you're starting out in stand up. You just, just fucking concentrate on getting the, on getting the set out. Um. So he had a beer before him, but my best reaction had a section of the audience really laughing. This oh, is on, this, sorry, this, is this, this is, is Harry's gig they did. Yeah. yeah. Harry did this gig, had a beer before and wasn't wasted. Um, oh yeah he said got a bit shit faced out of nerves beforehand but he had a bit where he got his best reaction from a section of the audience and they were really laughing so part of the crowd were really laughing and the rest of the audience were letting out audible moans of discomfort um, he says it was a long bit but one of the jokes uh, in it used the word hymen as a punchline so yeah Stuart Lee-esque um, <laughs> it's not big uh, and it's not clever but my mum was proud I don't know I think he's trying to do shtick so he says I wanted to know if there's ever been any jokes or bits of stand up or gigs that you've done where you've got a huge reaction uh, that wasn't necessarily a laugh he's asked if basically any time we've done stand up we've got a massive reaction from the crowd but not necessarily laughter and whatnot. I am um, I think if you're constantly doing jokes that just get a groan or a uh, and that's not comedy. You just, it's shock factor to discuss sentences. There's no word for it. There's one bit in my set or a bit that I do sporadically about um, what a wank is like on a hangover and how you deal with that. And there's a bit where I talk about just coming on your belly and rubbing it in. Yeah. Right. Now that will sometimes get a, but there's a laugh so close either side of it. I make a joke just before I say it that gets a decent laugh. Then I get that, but then I move straight back onto a laugh as quick as I can. Because I don't, I think just getting a, I don't really class that as comedy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Also, we like playing with the, 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 the boundaries of, you're trying to elicit a response emotionally. This is where I'm not, I'm not wanky about stand up. It is an art form, but it's like one up from juggling. But it, there is a skill in the greatest of stand-up. It makes it, it evokes amazing like memories and emotions in people that listen to these stories. Even though they're they're often about the comedian, you can get a response that people like. I remember watching Peter Kay for the first time and him going, Oh, I used to do this and we used to sell like rose petal perfume on the street. That was amazing. That was like a, a, a memory I hadn't thought of for 13 years. And Peter Kay's autistic, incredible memory, like a it's almost like a comedy of like uh, nostalgia 
He'd hmm. managed to pull out of my head a fucking memory that I'd completely forgotten about. It got lost in the hard drive. Stand-up can be absolutely amazing for that. It can be so, like, there's so much going on. It doesn't have to just be, like, joke, joke, pun, joke. It can also be a sad story that's got meaning that's also really funny because it's sad. It can be, like, like I don't know, not offensive, but it can be gross and that can be funny. It can be, like self-deprecating it can be like there's so many gears in stand-up so getting a moan or getting a oh no or getting people disagree with you that's bill burr's great skill isn't it he fucking annoys people to then convince them and then make them laugh while he's convincing them so yeah getting a reaction's fine as long as like adam says it's got laughs around it otherwise it's just a fucking ted talk in it yeah yeah yeah. a disgusting ted talk (laughs) have you ever really (laughs) <laughs> and then you move from four fingers to a fist. <laughs> there's a there's a stand-up in the West Midlands who's one of my least favourite comics. Seems like a nice bloke. He's my li- he's probably going about six, seven, eight years. And I have closed over him at a gig that wasn't a great gig. And he is just filth. Now, you watch a guy like Mike Wilmot, who circuit-wise, you might not have heard of if you've not watched a load of circuit comedy, but to all the comics out there, he's a bit of a big bear legend, isn't he? Mike Wilmot's mm-hmm. a Canadian guy. Just watch some Uncle of his Mike. stuff. He's fucking... Uncle Mike. He's a dirty old bastard. He makes Adams jizz in on his own belly and rub it in, look like fucking kindergarten stuff. And it's such a skill in being filthy and dirty and still being hilarious, but just being gross for the sake of it is I just do not enjoy that and this guy in the West Midlands every time I watch him he's just horrible he's just like one of them spanners at school who'd be like do you want to see me like spit on the ground and then suck it up I don't give a fuck like he's just a kind of weirdo that would do anything if you dared him and I just I find that unfunny really unfunny that just gross stuff for the sake of it I want you to tell me who that is (laughs) (laughs) not on this but I'm going to text you right now Who's that West Midlands comic? So as soon as you're done, you'll see it and send me it. Well, I've got, I've, I'll tell you right now. Who is it? Oh, you text me back now. <laughs> He's fucking gross. Yeah. He, re- he, re- he really reminds me of like the lad at school that if you if you whipped together and gave him a quid, he'd try and wank off a dog or something. He was that horrible cunt. You know, like, oh, I'll do anything just for attention. You're like, hey, say what you want about that, but, you know, it can be quite profitable, actually. So fucking mind your own I've just ruined the end of Adam's next Edinburgh show. Fucking nice one, Dan. No one's done the big dog wank before. No one's ever wanked off a dog. It's original. It's different. You know, um, what have you ever really had a boot off at a gig? Have you ever had a crowd fucked off with you? Like, had any big complaints? Um, no, Adam's just ripped it. Time for a word from our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, not like the whole crowd, but I've I've pissed people off and they've been like kicked out. And at Christmas, uh, the Grand Central Hot Water, a group of people waited outside to try and kick me head in. But I just left via the fire exit. What? So in December, Hot Water sell that many tickets that they need, not just the comedy club, but they hire like external theatres and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a place on, I think it's Renshaw Street in uh, Liverpool called Grand Central Hall. Um, And they ran some gigs there in December of 2019. And one of them, I'm on stage and I'm doing this bit and this girl at the back 
was talking and I could hear her from the back and I was like hey shut the fuck up and just dealt with her and then I was really because I'd done so many gigs in a day and I just wasn't in the mood for it I just sort of was overly aggressive with it and the audience was so on my side so there's like 400 people in they're crying laughing and this girl's getting more and more angry right so then a fella stands up and I was like oh you're gonna join in as well now is your beard does she drag you into fights like this all the time you fucking gimp because <laughs> you've done so many December gigs you're like on gig 48 of the month you're also on yeah. gig 6 of the night you're like clicking you're, like, you're doing heckle put downs in your sleep lad I was on fire though like you know when you just bury someone and it's just over right so then I know there's 6 security guards in the room so they, they, they take them out. They get kicked out. She's like, you know, fuck, I don't even want to see you anyway. We only come see Paul Smith and he's already being on. So it doesn't fuck. I'm not even asked. I'm not even asked. And I was like, go ahead, go home, you fucking daft cunt. Go and suck a dealer off so you get 10% off your cocaine, you daft slag. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just, and oh, like, it, it, the gig's great now. The gig's better because this has happened because the audience and I were like, we survived the call. Love it. So six of them got kicked out. Three girls, proper prinnies, and three lads, and they got kicked out. And then after the show, I still had to go back to the comedy club to do two more sets, right? So I went to leave, and the, the security guy went, you can't go out, lad. You're going to have to go out the fire exit. And he went, I went, why? He went, because all six of them are waiting down there, and they're outside. We've got them out the building. That's all we can legally do. And they're saying they're not leaving from outside our building until one of them gets a one-on-one scrap at you. But I've got a feeling that it's going to be a six-on-one, so I think you should leave via the fire exit. Jeez. So I just went out the back way and walked to the comedy club. Well, what a fucking ledge bouncer that is, because some dozy cunts will let you walk right into it. I got... Mm. I got uh, and I'm not even this isn't it sa- sounds like bullshit on a very very smaller scale uh, there's a guy called John Pierce- Pearson has a gig in Melton Mowbray and it's run at a college because Melton Mowbray's quite small it's in running like a college bar area right in the middle of Melton Mowbray and they do all sorts of this college they train uh, future re- <laughs> restaurateurs and chefs and whatnot to how to do it and and they double booked it while the guy that runs it properly was on maternity leave, paternity leave the woman left in charge was like oh god we've double booked haven't we we've got comedy and the trainee chefs night where they do like a, a like a, a restaurant people come in and they get massively discounted food so they were like oh god that's awkward you can't really cancel either we'll just do it all together on the same night and I got there to close <laughs> Nick Page was fuming because there were 35 people who've just come to eat discounted food cheap twats that they are like yeah we like restaurants but we don't want to pay full pizza express prices we want college kids to make our food and we pay 40% right there was about 35 of them and there's about 40 people come for the comedy and they're regulars it's a clusterfuck and the break was an hour and 10 minutes long because the first section was such a disaster. Nick Page just fighting and people going, could you keep it quiet? And like, no, we've come for a meal. We always come here. Like that eggy. He's had a nightmare. And so they decided, right, fuck, we'll just have a massive break. So all those twats from the restaurant fuck off. They're all in the same room. The restaurant people are just to the side. And one table, one table of six, three guys, 
three girls went, no, we're not leaving. We always stay and have coffee. Just to be difficult cunts. Because someone yeah. had dared to say, could you leave? So this con everyone else would just finish their meal in time. But a 70-minute break is like four times longer than a normal break. And they sat there and stayed and just pretended to be having coffees and stuff. And they murmured all the way through my set, which was great. Because again, there was like a blitz spirit to it. Everyone had been like, oh, we've got over the first section when it was eggy, yeah. and now it's fun again. And then finally, with six, seven minutes to go, I was nearly done. They stood up really, like, ostentatiously, like, oh, we are leaving now, actually. And I went, oh, are you leaving? You leaving? And I said, I can't remember exactly what I said to him. And one of them laughed as I was leaving. I was like, you see? If you'd have just sat, if you'd have enjoyed, you could have listened and enjoyed it, but instead you just sat there ignoring it like boring twats. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was because everyone was looking at them. I think, and they basically waited, so they were the only restaurant people left. And they they are from a world where they've never, just like those people on that night with you, you've called them cunts basically, and they're from a world yeah. where fuck, no one calls me a cunt. Quite literally. <laughs> no one, no one, no one calls them twats, and they and they wait. They went outside, but this is the difference of that night. You, you're in Liverpool city centre. There's 400 people. They've got a proper uh, security staff. We're at Melton Mowbray Technical College, where some daft bitch isn't really meant to be the fucking manager, and she's and she's like, oh god, it got really awkward there. They were trying to pay their bill, and then I'm chipping, and then because I called them twat, one of them came round and started making a beeline to me, and I was like, oh my god, I went, what, what's happening? He went, I want a word with you. I was like. I'm literally doing a gig. I'm nearly finished, but I'm on stage. And then the crowd are like, mate, piss off. And he's like, no, I'm not pissing off. He's just called, he's just sworn at us. And we've got, we've got women with us. We've got ladies with us. Do you swear in front of your wife? I'm like, all the time, particularly when she's being a dickhead. He was like, oh, I think it's disgusting. I was like, are you trying to fight me? And he was like, no, why are you making out like I'm violent? And I was like, because you're rushing towards the stage. You're massive and I'm a fucking wuss. He was like, I think it's disgusting what you've said to us. And I was like, well, I apologise. He went, well, it's not good enough. That's how eggy it got. I closed the set by going, well, that got fucking weird. And I got a stand innovation from the 40 people that had come to see comedy. And I could hear them bitching and moaning. And we were all backstage like, oh, God, that was fucking awful, wasn't it? That was fucking awful. <laughs> And then it went on for 20 minutes. We're all doing that comedian thing of like, oh God, this is awful. Who's going to tweet about it first? Oh my God, that was so mad. And no, no security were there to do what that bouncer did to you. You know, when the bounce went, mate, you don't want to go out there because there's six people waiting yeah, yeah. for you. So Bellend here just oh, wandered out the front door. And I was like, it's 20 it minutes. They've it fucking is. <laughs> fucking hell they surrounded me and I decided I was like I've not nothing wrong here I've called you twats you were being twats I thought I'm just going to see how calm I can be so I just stood there and I just let them have a fucking go and I was like I said afterwards my heart was going because I thought I was going to get slapped at one point but my favourite bit was oh there's two bits that were classic 
the one where he was like, you, you're very sweary on stage and it's disgusting that you swear in front of women. It's just not, you don't, you shouldn't need to, these are, you do, shouldn't swear in front of women. I was like, that's fine, that really old fashioned and patronising. I think you should swear in front of anyone. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, women are no different from what you're on about. He's like, well, I think it's disgusting swearing in front of women. And then about 10 minutes later, one of the women came up to me and went, you're a fucking disgrace. You're not a comedian. You're a shit fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> she actually said to me, "You're a shit fucking cunt," and I and I had to stop myself from going. I think this lady knows swearing already, guys. So <laughs> don't think we need to worry about this one being sworn in front of because she just called me a shit fucking cunt, which is like <laughs> a lot of anger and swear words jumbled together. So afterwards, now on Facebook, a very rare occurrence that where you get three swear words back to back like <laughs> you swat wanker bastard <laughs> <laughs> normally there's like a couple of words or at least syllables or breaths in between the swear words you're a shit fucking cunt you're a cunt and you're not even fucking good at being one you're a shit fucking cunt <laughs> mate even for someone who like suffers from Tourette's that would be a big one, wouldn't it? Even someone who swears out of nowhere would be like, you shit fucking gun like, whoa, whoa, Jesus. I can need to put this coffee down. <laughs> Melton Mowbray, Liverpool, December 2019. Never forget. I, I am. Um, still tried to sell them a CD though. <laughs> so, do you want a CD? <laughs> you can have a free one, honestly. Watch it. I'll find it. Shit fucking gun. <laughs> <laughs> couple of years ago at Christmas I played the Comedy Station Comedy Club you know in Blackpool yeah um, it's now a purpose built comedy club and it's fantastic and it was always good but it used to be in like a nightclub showy place called Viva proper Blackpool is, proper Blackpool Ryan doesn't mind me saying this now it's fucking shit it's a weird fucking place and it it was a Christmas. Now, that gig never runs a time anyway. Ryan, who runs it, would always be like, get there. The show starts at eight, and if you're headlining, you'll be on by quarter to ten. And the show would start at, like, five past nine. And if you were headlining, you'd get on about half ten, quarter to eleven, if you were lucky. <coughs> During the middle act, there was a group of people just talking. I'm there to headline, right? So the, there's a group of people talking, and Ryan goes back on stage after the middle act. And he's like, listen, you guys, you can't be talking when the fucking accident. Don't be, uh, uh, don't be rude. And they proper kicked off and proper went for him. One of them tried to punch Ryan. Oh, and it was a group Christ. of 12 scousers, 12 people from Liverpool had attacked the compere. That break was about an hour long, right? So then, because they were refusing to leave without a refund. And they were like, no, you're not getting a refund. You've ruined the gig and tried to assault a member of staff. You don't get a fucking refund for that. It took an hour to get them out of the building. Then Ryan goes on and goes, guys, thank you very much for sticking around and waiting for the headline part of the show. And a guy in the audience went, you know what it is, mate? Fucking Scousers. They're all horrible cunts, aren't they? Scousers are rats, mate. That's why we don't fucking like them in Blackpool anymore. And Ryan goes, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Adam Rowe. And I walked out and I was like, what's happening, kids? <laughs> Can't believe you've kicked me fucking family out. <laughs> Did they laugh? Did they laugh? Oh, that guy who'd gone scousers and all cunts, he shrunk into his chair. I was like, are we all cunts, are we, mate? Yeah, all oh, of us. Are we right. all rats? And he was like, lad, I was just trying to show support to Ryan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It would have been amazing if you'd have just walked down and go, hello, my name is Adam Rowe. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, this is probably for the best, this voice. <laughs> oh, uh, talking about, sponsors, talking about comedy clubs where people get attacked. 
<laughs> Here's one where that never happens. Now then, everyone, let's have a quick word about Vauxhall Comedy Club in that there London town. Now, obviously, there is a fucking pandemic going on. No one's going comedy for a while. But as soon as they are, if you live anywhere near London, if you're down visiting in London and you fancy some stand-up, some of the best comics in the world will be playing Vauxhall Comedy Club, which is, surprise the fucking prize, in Vauxhall. So basically, they've helped the podcast out massively by sponsoring it in our time of need. And when we're out of the fucking bunker, when we do our first live, tour of this podcast the have a word show for london will be at the Vauxhall comedy club if you're down there and you fancy seeing some stand-up after the apocalypse give Vauxhall comedy club a try in the meantime give them a follow on instagram at Vauxhall comedy club on twitter at Vauxhall comedy and on facebook they're just Vauxhall comedy club join the mailing list so they can tell you when they're reopening and what they're doing it's VauxhallComedyClub.com. adam's already played this room i'm really looking forward to playing it they do a bottomless booze ticket on a Friday and Saturday night you get 90 minutes of stand-up excellent TV comedians up-and-coming talent and also bottomless beer and wine there's a spirit and mixer ticket for 35 quid there's just entry for 10 be a good egg give them a little follow and we'll see you there after all this shit has blown over Vauxhall Comedy Club the tits you are listening to the funniest podcast in the game it's Have A Word with Adam Rowe and Dan Nightingale it's time have a word with Adam and Dan. I think I've been in a weird mood today. But you have with your friends or your family too, your relationships. If they're going in the bin, tell us what you want us to say to them. And we'll call them a shit fucking cunt. So this one was sent via Instagram. Uh, avoid that when possible. Do email us, haveawordpod at gmail.com. But I did find this one it's from about a week or two ago. Um Lads, will you have a word with my absolute fucking dirt bag of a boyfriend? Due to the lockdown, he's mainly just wearing undies around the house or shorts with no undies on underneath. Mm -hmm. This has led me to notice that almost every time he goes for a piss, he dribbles a bit into his fucking pants oh. and there'll be a little spot <laughs> of wee on the front of his shorts or his undies. It's disgusting. He's just walking around covered in piss. I'm sick of it. Have a word from Rebecca and my boyfriend is called Andrew Cartwright. <laughs> We've all done it though. I'm not saying I do it all the time, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm so bored of weeing. I'll just finish up. And then after, as you step away, you're like, yeah, wasn't quite finished there. Probably could have given I'm myself another. <laughs> I do. It's so repetitive. You're like, oh God, I'm not saying a colostomy bag is something you want, but Oh, there are certain advantages, but yeah, you, you know not what? all the time, lad. Come on, man. I do it pretty much constantly, to be honest with you. I think that's what undies are for. It's a catch the wee. <laughs> Have you ever done that where, you, where you're like checking what's dirty and what's clean and you're like, hang on, are these are these kecks clean? And you just do a little sniff test. And if you just position the nostril in the wrong spot, you're like, oh, oh my God. Oh my God, are they a fucking 90-year-old man's ill persons are they an Alzheimer's sufferer's knickers oh no they're mine I'm just a fucking lazy twat that can't be bothered finishing a piss I mean she's right she's right she's but he needs to fucking grow up it's not like he's walking around with piss all over his face and over his ear it's just a little bit of wee just what's the problem the problem what is what is actually the problem the problem is how old is he 
If he's let's say he's this, 20, 28, because that's how old I am. That shit's not going to get better, is it? I mean, that no. twenty eight. It's one of them problems where you're like, you know, if you're smoking weed at fifteen, it's fucking. It could be pills by eighteen, cocaine at nineteen. You're on heroin at twenty three. That if you're pissing in your own knickers and you can't be bothered at twenty eight, what's it going to look <laughs> like at fifty? You're just going to be sat in your shit, going, oh, I know I've pooed a bit, but oh, the toilet's upstairs. Like it's just. Well, I think skid marks are okay as well. To be honest with you. Oh anyway. no. No, it's the Adam Lion belt. I'm not believing it. No. <laughs> Cha. Cha! Upset me, nasty bitch! We've all had accidents. No, We've all had accidents. We've all fucked around with laxatives when we shouldn't, but... No, look. She just needs to grow up a bit and let him have a bit of wee on his kicks. It's not that big of a problem. He's never getting a blowjob again if he doesn't Dan, heed my warning. people starving in Africa and we're worried about this shit. Fucking hell. Please, for the good of this podcast, stop eating vegetables. <laughs> Get, you need a you need a medical steak bake. <laughs> doctor, doctor, I feel like a vegan boar. <laughs> I think we should all be allowed to piss and shit and live in our excrement because we are God's children kids and we are all just atoms anyway. La, 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 like, la, la. Mate, I'm not pissing in my own pants though, am I? I mean, I'm terribly dehydrated, so it's not a massive problem. Oh, that was depressing. My comedy got a bit too real there. <laughs> I'm with her. Mate, wash your knob and your pants if you want a blowjob. Do you know what I also I'd say as <laughs> well? I'm not afraid. I, I guarantee that he's got a big foreskin, right? Because what? if you haven't... Are you caught? Oh, mate. Shalom. <sighs> what, huh? Are you circumcised? Yeah. I'm with the fucking... What? And you still dribble sometimes in your pants? Just through laziness. Just through like, oh, it must be finished by now. Bored. See, I reckon like some way you get stuck in like your foreskin and then that comes out in your undies. I reckon this is like... How big's your foreskin? What? How big's your foreskin? You're making it sound <sighs> like a fucking... Like a maze. It's about the length of... It looks like my dick's got a turtleneck on. <laughs> like it's just, you know, like if you had like a water balloon, you know, the bit between the round bit, the little like pipe bit. Yeah, it's like that long. Right, it's not. I wonder how big foreskins can get. Mine was taken from me. But I wonder. Oh, we've talked about this. How we? floppy? Yeah. How floppy do they get? Oh yeah, I'm a fucking. I'm with the Jude, Judaism. I'm with the the brothers. It's not what do I, what do I mean? Gen, Gentiles. Gentiles are fucking non-Jews, aren't they? <laughs> you don't need me for this podcast, you know. You can just have your mindless rambles. Muscle tough. It's nice, clean fucking penis. I wonder how much bigger my dick would have been if they'd not chopped it. That's did they take an inch? It's not how it works. No, not it? an inch. It do, it doesn't get bigger with foreskin. Fair I had enough. to have my dick surgically um, reduced when I was a kid. It was too big. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> I, I just... swear. <laughs> it's, that's, I swear that's to the God. New sound for Adam talking shit. I swear to God, it's not too big now, but it was. Too, I've got a big scar on my dick, and I asked my dad a few years ago what happened there, and he was like, "Your dick was too big. We had to cut it down." Mate, why then? Here's a de genuine question. Why then, when they did the operation on the eye, did they take the, the, the skin from the thigh and not the dick? 
<laughs> it would have made so it's much more. If, if, is that where? Not a muscle. Your dick's not a muscle. That's I'd why. say you are, lads. You are amazing. If you go, kids. Woof, like a fucking bicep. I'm not messing, though. My dick has been surgically reduced because it, it was dang, it was like causing me pain in that when I was a kid. It was it was growing too much. In your foreskin? It wasn't like... You, you weren't like a small child with a 12-inch dick and they were like, mate, this is going to cause imbalance problems. No, but in proportion, it yeah. was too big. Because in my head, you've got this fucking mammoth wang, and they're like, "Yeah, he can't work in porn at five years old, so we're gonna have to do something." <laughs> it's a blessing, by but a now, curse. I'd have the equivalent of like a subway sandwich, like a foot long. Hey, you've you've just drifted into this is ridiculous. You, no one's had a dick reduction. We did. I, you- I swear, I swear. Google baby dick reduction. You'll see it's real. <laughs> I don't want that on my search history. <laughs> I don't want it on my search history. I've got so much bullshit from this search, from searching <laughs> crap that we've talked about. But baby dick reduction, I think that might get you taken off the internet. <laughs> Google are like, listen, lad, you've you fucking searched some weird shit, but that's the line. <laughs> Why was it? Was it? Was your little willy struggling to pop through your little foreskin? It was too big for me foreskin. Yeah. Yeah. But they, didn't you just have a really small foreskin? But my mum and dad didn't want to do that. Why? Because it was barbaric or something. Right. <laughs> just imagine like, Adam, don't worry about it. You've got a special eye and a special dick. How many special things did your mum have to fucking talk you through in childhood? <laughs> also, this didn't He's good with like numbers. Nine. He's good with numbers. He's got a massive dick and a gammy eye. <laughs> He's that special Adam. No wonder you're a fucking comedian, mate. You're Rain Man with a massive dong and a fucking gammy fucking peeper. No wonder you've become a comedian. I, I didn't get me dick reduction until I was like nine. My <laughs> <laughs> oh, eye was long fixed by then. Oh, yeah, I got done when I was like four. <laughs> oh, it's a bit worried that I wasn't going to enjoy today's part. I've had a bit of a stressful day, and I'm coming out of this one feeling rejuvenated. And a lot of it is because I'm thinking of your big nine-year-old dick. <laughs> Adam, sit down. <laughs> Adam said, no, me and your father want to talk to you. Pulled that fucking third leg away, mate. You're scared in the dog. This <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember do you remember the girls that saw you at the swimming baths as you came out of the changing room? Do you remember when they started crying? Right, well that's the reason we have to speak to the doctor. <laughs> Do you remember when the fucking <laughs> the lifeguard thought there was a shark in the water and you were just doing front crawl? <laughs> we need to deal with that. <laughs> the fucking lifeguard's like a fisherman got your dick on her like, oh, whoa, it's a big one. Fucking 15 pounder. You don't believe me, do you? I don't need to believe you. It was just funny. <laughs> Why are we dealing with truths? There's children starving in Africa. Let me just think of your big nine-year-old dick. And there's the no context, have a word. <laughs> Stop curating that man's fucking twitter. Let me just think of your big nine-year-old dick. <clears throat> I'll tell you what we need now. Some music from a new band. 
<laughs> we do. <laughs> I always think that because we often end at the most ridiculous point of the podcast where like even you and me are like, oh, there's nowhere else to go. We're done. These bands must be coming on going, mate, we've been, this is great. They've got a big listenership and they're, they're just trying to support young talent. I just want to think about your nine-year-old dick and then their music. It must be like... <laughs> They're trying to play it to the mum and dad's like, we've been on this podcast. Let me just get, I'll listen to the whole thing. No, no, mum, don't. Mum, don't. Let me just play it. I'll play it. I want the picture that you do to, for promoting today's episode to be a nine-year-old Stephen Orkham with a massive dick. <laughs> How do you even make that? Oh, so we need some closure on the other way. Yeah, lad, just shake your willy like for an extra minute or so and your beard will be happy. There you go. Um, today's artist for our song is called Glenn Ruffhead. Now, Glenn's a mate of mine from the Northeast. He's a, a collaborator with, you know, Jason Cook. Oh, good old Jason Cook. Um, so he does a lot of comedy songs with Jason uh, at know, Jason's Glenn. gigs up in the Northeast. He's a dead sound lad and he's a fucking belter of a musician. Glenn Ruffhead is his name. You spell Ruffhead R O U G H. EAD. His song is called Past Life. He's at Glenn Ruffhead on Twitter and his Instagram is at Glenn R Music. Go and check him out. This is Glenn Ruffhead with Past Life and we will see you tomorrow. See you, lids. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.